from a brand new cinema, but I'm sure you knew that. I'm sure we sound completely different. This is The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas. Breaking news, Spider-Man saves the day again. Spider-Man. This guy swings in once a day, zip zaps up, Nancy. Spider-Men are back. Yes, you heard that right. Spider-Men. I will kill every one of you. And then I'll pretty much wing it from there. The director of Taken has the new vengeance flick in cinemas, but Peppermint stars Jennifer Garner. Why am I here? You're in a PG-13 version of Deadpool. And Deadpool is back in a, and I'm told this is not a typo, Christmas Spectacular. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Kyron Wheatley and I've seen heaps of movies, but none of those. Luckily, Vary McIntyre and Michael Campbell hello. both have. As always, we've got a Village Cinemas Gold Class Double Pass to give away a little later on, but first... My name is Peter Parker. I'm pretty sure you know the rest. I saved the city, fell in love, then I saved the city again, and again, and again. Look, I'm a comic book, a serial, I did a Christmas album, and a so-so popsicle. But this isn't about me. Not anymore. It was a few months back that we were talking about Venom which is a Spider-Man movie without Spider-Man. Now, so a class in modern film history will explain how Sony has lent the character of Spider-Man back to Marvel. So audiences would be a little confused if someone other than Tom Holland was popping up in Venom playing Spider-Man. So instead, he's just sort of not there. So how does Sony make a Spider-Man movie under a deal like that? Well... Seems like you animate it and you make it about the Spider-Verse, about all these different Spider-Men and Spider-Women and Spider-Pigs and how across different dimensions there are in fact many Spider-Men and Spider-Women and Spider-Pigs, which is pretty convenient for a studio who has just lent their biggest commercial property back to a different studio. So the question is, can a movie that can pretty cynically be shown as a business decision for Sony Pictures also be good. Yes, yes. This movie is very good. This may in fact be the one of the best comic book movies of the year, if not wow. the best comic yeah. book movie of the year. That's a big call. There's because... a lot of comic book movies <laughs> year on year. But none of them feel as much like a comic book as this movie. It's right. kind of crazy. So it's kind of complex, but I'll try and explain it as, as simply as I can. So this is actually about Miles Morales, who in the comic books was the, the next Spider-Man. He's been bitten by a radioactive spider and he's starting to learn all these powers. Meanwhile, all these other Spider-Men start showing up in his dimension. There's a portal that's been opened, and if they don't close it in time, Brooklyn's toast. So there is, as we mentioned, so many superhero movies. There is a saturation in the market. Yeah, and with Once Upon a Deadpool, we're about to talk about another. Yeah. So (laughs) what can they do differently? And you think, okay, so another Spider-Man movie. They have rebooted this three times already. And I've stopped watching. I can't keep up. There's, like, so many What captures audiences about this when I went to the screening and what captured me is its unique animation style and the storyline with this, the multiverse and all the other iterations of the spider person, pig, animal. That comes in. <laughs> so there is a spider this. pig, right? There is, yeah, spider ham. Yeah. <laughs> and voiced by comedian John Mulaney as oh, well. Oh, really? Yeah. I love him. From the very first line he says, when he says, it can get weirder in that kind of John Mulaney style, yeah. he kind of just steals every scene that he shows up in. So it's like walking into a 3D version of a comic book yourself. It's So it's based in computer graphic, but it's got hand-drawn paintings, the graphic style like of the lighting uses dots and hatching and line work. So it's probably about four times harder to make than a regular CG movie. So what it is, so back in the day when they were printing comic books, they used to print it on what's called four-tone colour and that caused like the dots and like the cross-hatching and Mm. stuff like that. And what they actually did is in the 3D computer animation thing, instead of shadows, they programmed it to be 
the four-tone right. color thing. So when people turn their heads, instead of the shadow moving, it's like the dots and the, and the hatches. Visually, this movie, you just need to see it to understand how they've done it because it's one of the best animated, technically perfect like movies I've seen in so long. Yeah. There was a couple of things in the background were a bit blurred and there's this sort of red and blue yes, and again, shadows everywhere. It kind of made me feel like I was supposed to be wearing 3D glasses. Oh, yeah. That is a, a reference to old printing errors that used to occur that would be slightly misaligned. Oh. So in the background, things would be a slightly misaligned and blurry because the four tones, two of them are the red and the blues. Mm. That's what they're doing That's in the background. That's devotion, isn't it? They've and kept the errors. Yeah. They've <laughs> they, kept they, the mistakes. They, yeah, they incorporated yeah. that in and made that part of the aesthetic. Yeah. So I felt like it was purposefully put there. Yeah. And it was just the visuals that I was getting from everything else and they had blurred the background characters and and yeah, everything came together. I just felt like a bit yeah, it was just different to watch. I guess it was like reading a comic and for fans they would get that better than I did. And people have tried to emulate the like turning a movie into a comic book. Ang Lee and his Hulk movie in the early 2000s had like it moved from comic panel to comic panel, but it all felt kind of cheesy. But this, I think with it being animated, just lends itself so perfectly. There's scenes that just flip from one scene to the other like a comic book page every now and then. Little touches like that. It's like reading a comic, but it's still first and foremost a movie. Spider-Man swings in once a day, zip zaps up in his little mask and answers to no one. I love you, Miles. Yeah, I know that. You gotta say I love you back. Dad, are you serious? I want to hear it. Look at this place. Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. That's a copy. You mentioned John Mulaney. Who else is in this? So many people. Huge cast. So yeah. Oscar winner Mahershala Ali yeah. is in this movie. We've got Hayley Steinfeld, who plays Gwen Stacy. Uh, you know her from Pitch Perfect. Zoe Kravitz. She's just been in Fantastic Beasts. Chris Pine. Which Chris is he? The... Chris Pine one. The Chris Pine, the Pine one. Yeah. yeah. The, the, you know, the, that pretty one in Hollywood. I can't tell my Chris yes. apart. <laughs> Nick Cage. Yes. Nick Cage is Spider-Man noir. Yeah. So funny. Who gets very fascinated with a Rubik's Cube. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Lily Tomlin is Aunt May. Yeah. And I think that the main ones everyone's coming for, uh, Shamik Moore, who is, if anyone ever saw the movie Dope from a few years ago, the main mm. kid from Dope, yeah. and Jake Johnson, who is from New Girl, Miles Morales and Peter Parker respectively, and their chemistry is so good mm. together. Yeah, what I really liked about this Peter Parker as well, he comes from this dimension where Spider-Man has aged. Like every time we have a reboot of Spider-Man and the three times, he goes back to being like a teenager, this very attractive young person. And then this one, they've made him a bit pot-bellied. <laughs> He's had a bit of a hard life. He lives alone on a couch eating pizza all the time and he's just like this more realistic character You're like okay so if spider-man had aged sequentially along with our timeline this is what he's up to now and that was a bit different hey guys who are you i'm gwen stacy i'm from another another dimension how many more spider people are there hey fellas hello this could literally not get any weirder it can get weirder Okay. What this movie does really well and probably the best since maybe Spider-Man 2 is it's a really good example of like the morals that Spider-Man stands for and the message in the film is, especially since this is a kid's film, is such a good message for kids, which is anyone could be a hero. You don't need to be Peter Parker specifically. Yeah. You're a pig. 
You can be a pig. You can be Spider Ham. Peter Porker, his name is. <laughs> and I, I love that they oh, they boy. they actually. <laughs> I love that, that they actually so had sorry, like man. a like a, a nice strong positive message in this kind of film, which is something that Lord and Miller, who's a a duo that we've talked about a lot in this podcast, whether it was Small Foot, whether it was Some of Solo before they were fired, uh, had, had they wrote the screenplay, and they're really good at getting a good message across and and delivering exactly what you want to see. As long as Ron Howard doesn't take over halfway through. <laughs> Is Sony setting up a number of dimensions so that they can have their Spider-Man and Marvel and Disney can have their Spider-Man? Is this film meant to say, hey, look, we can all be Spider-Man, <laughs> look, <I laughs> not re- just Tom Holland? <laughs> Is that what's going to happen next? Are they going to do a live-action Peter Porker? Oh, God, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Babe, pig in costume. (laughs) This is the way the premise of this movie sets the Sony animated world up that they could literally do anything now. There's different dimensions. You can have Miles Morales, who's a a big fan favorite in the comic books. You can have Mm. an animated Peter Parker. You can have a Spider-Man noir. But you're not going to get confused with the whole MCU, which is a confusing thing. Venom confused a lot of people because is it in, is it out, what's going on? This is a good way to be like... There's live action, there's Tom Holland, they still get some of the profits from that. But we can make a million other Spider-Man movies now with this animated version. So who should see this film? I think everyone should give this a go. This has got such a huge appeal to it, I think. And by the way, mm. hot tip, stay until the very end, because as Marvel like to do, there's a post credit scene, and it might be my favourite one ever. Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> if you want a superhero movie with something a bit different to it and you want to see something new, also, it's Stanley's last acting voice role. So if you want to hear that too. Mrs. Norris, I'm very sorry for your loss. We have three suspects in custody, but they're all linked to the Garcia cartel. No witnesses have been willing to step up. These cartels are no joke. They've got everyone in their pockets. You've been through a terrible tragedy. Maybe you didn't see what you think you saw. Jennifer Garner has garnered for herself a pretty successful career out of silly rom-coms and good action. And from the trailer, Peppermint looks like what happens when a silly rom-com is interrupted by gangland violence, weapons-grade training and years-long vengeance. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah, this takes Jennifer Garner back to her alias roots. So she's back in this action role. And she plays a woman whose husband and daughter are killed by a Mexican cartel gang. She doesn't know why. She wants to get these guys arrested, but they escape getting any jail time or any justice. She disappears for five years and she comes back and she's like a super assassin and she's hunting down every person that was involved in this. Which is sort of real life vigilante. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. So, so with Once Upon a Deadpool, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Spider-Verse okay. and a real life, this is three from three now. <laughs> I know that we're talking about comic books and Vari, tell me if this sounds familiar. Mm. Vigilante, family is killed at a carnival in New York. They decide to go underground. They live in a van and they seek vengeance for their family. That's The Punisher. Yeah. yeah oh, right. okay. I was like, Scooby-Doo? <laughs> yeah. So this movie is so similar to The Punisher that it's, I'm you actually. You a van. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, it just... must be Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Scooby-Doo's... lives in a van. <laughs> I don't know much about the law, but I think their family was murdered. So they sort of recast The Punisher, but with Jennifer Garner. I think a good barometer for if you're going to enjoy this movie or not is, did you enjoy Taken? 
because they're the same director. And this is either going to sound like a complaint or something that you're really into, depending on whether you like that movie or not. It feels like it was made in about 2006, 2007. Right. That kind of oh, early prime 2000s. taken time. Yes, that early 2000s action tropes. Mm. The, the kind of the double exposure negatives between scenes and quick flashes and things like that. They're all in there, which is kind of this director's bread and butter. It reminded me of John Wick as well. It's got lots of violence, lots of action, not a lot of dialogue and maybe thin on the story, but yeah. you just go in to watch Jennifer Garner killing a bunch of people. And she kills 43 people, <laughs> wow. which is fun fact. Yeah, too off screen. I read that on IMDb. <laughs> yeah. I love that someone's like, oh, technically she, uh, she killed two more than you think she did. Watching someone take everything from you. All you have, all you're ever going to have, just gone. Hurts, doesn't it? You didn't serve justice, Your Honor. I will. There's a lot of character tropes in there. We've got the cops who are sort of after her as well, but she kind of gains this, Classic cop. this media. Yeah, trying <laughs> to, trying to after them. <laughs> trying to stop murders. Ugh. And the Mexican cartel running a drug ring and she has to get after them. So it's nothing that's new. It's just one of these classic action films that you want to take your friends with. and <laughs> I don't mean this to sound insulting. I mean it as a good time thing. It's a switch off your brain movie. You know those yep. kind of movies? Don't think about it. <laughs> Enjoy the the interesting deaths that Jennifer Garner has conjured up for these criminals. Yeah, some of them are quite creative. Can we go into them without spoiling anything? Exploding rope. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> Exploding no. rope, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, stringing... Q hasn't come up with that one before. <laughs> stringing people up from uh, carnival rides. Yeah. yeah that one's it, in the trailer, I think. Was yeah, it? Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those movies where... I think if you wrote a list of things you wanted to see from the movie before you went in, I think you could safely tick them all off by the time you exited, which is both kind of an advantage and a criticism, I suppose. And it's an advantage because it's going to give you what you want. It's just not going to surprise it's you. It's just not going to surprise you. Mm. Yeah, it's it's just a it's a safe bet. Anyone other than Jennifer Garner on screen that we'd recognise? The two cop characters that are in it, John Gallagher Jr. and Juan Oritz. They're both from the Cloverfield movies. The first from 10 Cloverfield Lane and one from Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah, they're those kind of like they're a jobbing actor and you've seen them in things, but you I yeah. don't think you'd necessarily know their name. Mm. It's full of character actors. That's the yep. word I was looking for. Character actors, <laughs> yeah. Not invited to the Oscars. No. Those actors. <laughs> <laughs> I always find myself just criticising some of the best at their job in the world. <laughs> so is this the new Taken? Is this what we're like? Because Taken's done, I think, uh, 67 movies now. Uh, so is this the new version of that? Yeah, it could be Kill Bill. There was a few of those, like that sort of female wants revenge story, which is always quite popular. It leaves itself open enough. A character like the Punisher was a Marine, but she worked in a bank. Yeah, she was that's, just that's a, that a mother, ha- wife. Five years out of the bank and she, <laughs> she's going to string people up from Carnival Rides. If they want to do a prequel, they should do How She Fell in Love and Had a Child. Just do a rom-com. <laughs> just the other side of Jennifer Garner. Yeah, the title would suit it way better. <laughs> so who should see this film? I think the strongest and maybe the only reason to see this film is for Jennifer Garner. She's the standout if you just want to see her kick some ass. Yeah, and I think if you're a fan of those kind of early 2000s Taken-esque European-funded action films that were happening for a while. This is exactly that. Also in cinemas this week, Overlord. Yes, a very cool World War II horror movie. Mortal Engines. Science fiction by Peter Jackson. 
and second act. The Jennifer Lopez comedy. You can hear about all of those by clicking on the previous episode in whatever podcast app that you're in right now. Why am I here? You're in a PG-13 version of Deadpool. Filtered through the prism of childlike innocence. I'm a grown man. And nobody does childlike innocence like you, Fred. Nobody. I need you almost as much as you need me. I don't need you at all. You need me to untie you once we're done. Deadpool is known as the superhero for adults only. He's the comic book hero that Marvel get to really play around with. He's a filthy one. He makes dirty jokes. He swears a lot. He's self-referential. And his new movie, Once Upon a Deadpool, for the very first time, is rated PG. What's happened to Deadpool? <laughs> okay, so th- I think this is kind of brilliant. So it's, it's Deadpool 2 for all intents and purposes. They're re-releasing it, but for the family market. And how they've decided to do that, because it's obviously full of you know, swearing and violence and whatnot, is it's now there's a conceit. There's 20 minutes of new footage of this uh, where Deadpool is reading the story of Deadpool 2 to Fred Savage, just like in The Princess Bride. And it's being filtered through his childhood innocence, just like the Princess Bride was. However, in this version, Fred Savage has been kidnapped. So who is this for? (laughs) Super fans of Deadpool? Yeah. And then it's kind of interesting. I think they're trying to go for the two markets and maybe it's kind of a test to see whether a PG-rated Deadpool would actually sell if people would come to it. Would you have to see the... First one, first, second one. I, I don't to think be they're able necessarily to see this that complicated. <laughs> when I was working at the cinema, there would be so many kids that would come and see the Deadpool poster and want to see it, and their parents would be like, "No, no, 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 you can't see that," because you know it's rated MA and so violent. And this is that perfect opportunity. Like, finally, they can see that thing that they've keep wanting to see, and I keep having to tell them no. It's kind of clever to be able to do that. But without seeing it, because they're not showing anyone this film before they release it, like, is it the conceit that's funny or do you think it will actually be funny once you're there re-watching a movie you've already seen? I mean, this is the question, isn't it? They say there's 20 minutes of new footage, but they don't necessarily say what the new footage is. Have they re-filmed scenes to make them less violent or is all the 20 minutes him and Fred Savage? This is the real question because I would love to see them having re-filmed certain scenes to make them less violent, I think, is a, is a really funny idea. But, I mean, does that inflate the budget too much? Who knows? That's, this, is, this is the question on everyone's lips. I think Deadpool 2 is going the route of Blade Runner, which is it's being cut a million different ways because there was Deadpool 2, the one that came out in cinemas, then was released on home media. It became Deadpool 2, the super-duper effing cut, which was the longer and more violent version of Deadpool 2. And now they've gone the opposite of that again with Once Upon a Deadpool, the shorter, less violent cut. It's almost like they actually made three cuts and they've decided we'll release them all. Yeah. Like yeah. just over time. <laughs> if this is successful, that could be terrible news for audiences. We're going to see every film three times over. <laughs> the standard one, the yeah. longer more violent than the shorter less violent. Yeah. That, that'll just be the go-to. It's just called the Shawshank. There's no redemption. They've just been great guys. They've, just been, they've had lovely lives. Real family men. Once upon a Deadpool. Kind of prefer Marvel movies. We are Marvel. Yeah, but you're, you know, Marvel licensed by Fox. It's like if the Beatles were produced by Nickelback. It's music, but it sucks. So it's hard to talk about the cast or the filmmakers because they're all the same. But who, (laughs) you know, we've covered it with Deadpool 2. But who is in this? Who, Who has made this? I guess the new edition is Fred Savage, which is a reference I don't think kids will understand at all. (laughs) The Princess Bride, what was that, the late 80s maybe? Fred Savage is the new edition, but of course Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool at this point. Like Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark, Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. And then, of course, Julian Dennison from Hunt for the Wilder People is back as the the main antagonist for the movie. We did Deadpool 2 early on in this series, Mm. and you both really liked that film. 
but for the things <laughs> that you can't put yeah. in a PG-13 <laughs> movie. Is this just going to be the film you liked without the bits you liked? But then it'll be different bits that are funny in place. <laughs> of the violent bits. And you know they were there if you've seen Deadpool 2. So your imagination will fill that in and you can remember and it'll be funny because they're not in there. Deadpool will have to think of some way of getting around it and explaining it in a PG way. Yeah, I kind of think what people like about Deadpool isn't so much just that he swears and, and it's violent, but it's that he is very meta and that he he breaks a lot of rules or comic book movies and stuff like that. And I think the character is strong enough to translate to mm. something a little less violent and a little less swearing in it. Here's a weird thing to do with this movie. A year ago, this guy tweeted at Ryan Reynolds and he said, hey, if the studio ever makes you cut this down, what you should do is you should have Deadpool reading this to Fred Savage, but here's the kicker. Why don't you make it a kidnapped Fred Savage? And when the trailer for this came out, that guy tweeted at Ryan Reynolds again. It was like, Hey, man, what the hell? <laughs> oh, we didn't get any, like, royalties No, that? so the story goes, Ryan Reynolds rang this guy and was like, oh, my God, I, I, I didn't see this. Like, it, it's honestly, I, I didn't mean to steal anything from you. But I'm even wondering whether it's that thing where he must get tweeted at a million times. How many ideas must be just accidentally stolen through, through your psyche that's in your head? Well, Marvel <laughs> have history with that because I think it was Venom who was – someone wrote in to Marvel when it was a comic book mm -hmm. and said, our Venom should be black and white. And they were like, oh, my God, that's a great idea. Here's $260. <laughs> Honestly, they paid him like 260 bucks. Yeah. Who should see this film? People who enjoyed the Deadpool movies and people who are a bit younger who weren't allowed to see the Deadpool movies. Yeah, it's all right. I think if you've got a kid that's always wanted to see Deadpool but you've never been able to take them because of the content. Probably the actor who was in it, the Kiwi actor, oh, yeah, who Dennison, wasn't yeah. old enough to see the movie he was in. Yeah. He should see it. <laughs> For your chance to win a Village Cinema's Gold Class Double Pass, we want you to go to the socials, hit Facebook or Instagram and leave a comment on the Cinema Crew post answering this question. Out of all the Spider-Men, we're talking actors, we're talking different versions of the character, who is the best Spider-Man? And you could win the tickets. Next week, another spin-off from a superhero movie, if you weren't sick of them. Although this one is about a yellow Volkswagen Beetle that transforms into a crime-fighting flying Transformer thing. And Colette shows that Mary Shelley, as we heard a few weeks back, is not the only writer at the turn of the 20th century to have her writing credits stolen by her husband. Anyway, that's next week. Until then, thanks, Cambo. Thank you. Thanks, Vari. Thanks. I'm Kyron Wheatley, and we'll see you, at least you'll hear us, next week on The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas.